This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Thank you so much. Thank you as always for doing so. It means so much. Uh, if you could drop a like, subscribe, all the youtube stuff, that would be very much appreciated. But I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a great start to your week already. Uh, and really are enjoying what is going to be uh, a fun week of football because we've got, obviously, Champions League returning. That returns tonight. Arsenal in action tomorrow. Going to be at the Emirates Stadium for Arsenal's game against RC Lens, um, in which they can, of course, wrap up top spot and take a lot of pressure off the final game and, of course, uh, avoid that horrible drop into the Europa League and continue forward in a competition that Arsenal are certainly being um, you know, talked about as, as one of the potential favourites, which is a testament to where Arsenal are. And then, of course, the weekend we got Premier League action as well uh, as we get through into the festive period where it gets very, very hectic indeed. Good morning to those joining us live in the chat box. Good morning to those and good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, to those joining us uh, around the world on Catch Up and on audio platforms as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen and to tune in. Uh, good morning to Rowan, to Rob Bob, to Carl, to Vala. Uh, good morning to Old Dave and Kim and Black Shine, Ola Wale, Ian, Red Star, Old Dave, uh, Answer, Marcus, Martin, Ismail, uh, Johnny, Temi, Glenn, uh, Stevie, and plenty more of you guys and gals as well. Thank you so much, guys, uh, for always tuning in. It is very much appreciated. Um, shall we get into today's stories? I, I think that we probably should. I think that's probably the right way to, to go from here. So we've got to talk about some VAR chaos. Uh, it doesn't necessarily impact Arsenal directly. There's certainly some indirect implications of yesterday evening's uh, game between Fulham and Wolves. The Arsenal link, of course, besides the fact that Willian was the player that got a couple of goals in the game from the penalty spot, uh, is that both of Wolves' central midfielders, Gomez uh, and Lamina, uh, got their fifth yellow cards, meaning that the starting centre midfielders for Wolves will not be available for the game against Arsenal at the Emirates at the weekend. So Gary O'Neill will be uh, having to play somebody else. Eight Nuri as well came off very early in the game with a, uh, I think, a twisted ankle. So he is also a doubt. So Wolves took a real battering, not only with the scoreline and with the decisions that went against them, but also with their squad as well. And they're going to be missing 
some significant um, quality uh, for that game. So that's going to be interesting from an Arsenal perspective. But the wider context about this game is, of course, the fiascos that have taken place in yet more VAR decisions. Um, there were suggestions that Tim Ream could have been given a second yellow card for his foul on He Chan Huang, which of course led to Wolves' own penalty. The first penalty um, that, that Fulham got was, it's just kind of mad really, isn't it? I think about it. The, the, the way in which a, the, the ball is got, I think it's Nelson Semedo. Semedo gets the ball and VAR overturns it. It is a horrific decision. It is utterly disgraceful it's embarrassing i want to use arteta's words it is both i can't get charged it's you know it's disgraceful and embarrassing is what it is um and i don't know how many times we're gonna have to sit here and talk about var as a problem the whole idea of var was to eradicate these problems and it is those that are in charge of the technology it's not var as a technology that's a problem it is those that run it. It is the officials behind it that are the issue. And the fact that we are sitting after every single week talking about issues like we talked about on Saturday, the game between Liverpool and Manchester City, the chaos with the, the decision um, to rule out um, Ruben Diaz's goal. And I'm very glad that it was, obviously, from an Arsenal perspective. But if we're just talking about taking our Arsenal hats off for a second. It's ridiculous that that was ruled out when the Arsenal goal at Newcastle stood um, against us and Gabriel was deemed not to have been found, despite the fact that apparently Alisson was. It's very, very frustrating. And I cannot help but have empathy for anyone whose opinion starts to go to some very worrying places regarding VAR, the officials, the FA, etc. and so on. I hope it improves. Um but I'm not holding out any hope whatsoever that it will. According to Fabrizio Romano, a January move for Victor Ozimen would be near impossible. Very unlikely indeed. Napoli have no intention of allowing the player to leave in January. However, Fabrizio does point out that the summer will see the race open up significantly um, and that will be a significant uh, chase for him, uh, it seems. There's a number of clubs, including Arsenal, that are, of course, interested in Ozymen. We know that Chelsea are very interested. We've heard other clubs as well. Manchester United have been mentioned in the past also. Uh, and you could probably never count out the likes of Barcelona and, and Real Madrid when it comes to these types of players. But uh, it is uh, certainly going to be very interesting. I, for one, never really imagined that Arsenal could even be involved in a race for Victor Oshiman. Um, but the fact that uh, Arsenal are being very much mentioned in in the, the realms of, of potentially signing him and that he is up there as one of the most key targets of Mikel Arteta, if financially it is viable for the club to achieve it, is certainly encouraging. So whilst I wouldn't be, as it says here, getting your hopes up for a January move, and certainly there's no argument to try and justify that, I do think that uh, when it comes to uh, the summer, there is more opportunity potentially for a signing like that than uh, anybody uh, may have expected. Now, I reported yesterday on Football London that a approach uh, to Ramsdale from a lower half Premier League club has been turned down. Uh, Ramsdale continues to be very focused on his time with Arsenal, despite, of course, the uncertainty surrounding his future. We know that he came in for the game uh, at the weekend against Brentford because David Raya was ineligible. 
I also included in that piece more statistics, even uh, and actually cross-referenced those stats with Opta that we discussed in yesterday's show. We talked about why scouts uh, predicted algorithms with expected goals against, and we also cross-referenced those with Opta's stats in the piece that I released yesterday, which continues to hammer home that point that it's not just from a distribution standpoint that Ramsdale is not being favoured over Raya, but also from a goalkeeping standpoint. And a number of discussions with people in the comments section of yesterday's show, I, I can't get my head around why people are so dismissive of stats sometimes. I, I know it's because it doesn't necessarily suit their point of view when that happens. Um, but expected goals against compared to the amount of goals that a goalkeeper has conceded is a very accurate way of measuring and comparing goalkeepers because the expected goals against measures the likelihood that a shot would go in and how that goalkeeper should react to it based upon lots of different models, including shot intensity, shot placement, placement of defenders, whether it takes a deflection, the placement of the goalkeeper. It takes in so many different factors these days in 2023 that it's an exceptionally accurate model to be able to use. And yet you still get the uh, the skeptics that are out there. But Ramsdale for the moment will, of course, continue. The earliest that he could leave is in January, whether a team comes forward with an approach that is more amenable to uh, both Ramsdale and, of course, Arsenal that would have to accept any approach. And from an Arsenal perspective, the information that I've got is that they're not keen on letting him go. Uh, Arteta has maintained that he wants competitive players in every single position. And Ramsdale appears to provide him that to a degree, uh, although it wasn't necessarily always present in the game against Brentford. But this remains to be a situation that is fluid and can change. And so despite Arsenal's current position, it doesn't necessarily mean, of course, that things won't change going forward. So keep your eyes peeled to this story. We'll, of course, keep you updated with any potential changes to this story as and when they happen. Uh, now, according to James Olley uh, of ESPN, uh, Partey was indeed, uh, I say up for sale, is more like, you know, uh, it was considered as a potential exit in the summer. However, there was no reasonable bid that emerged. It's probably more accurate to say that Arsenal were willing to sell um, Partey was um, so that's probably the more accurate way of putting it. But no reasonable bid uh, emerged for Partey whatsoever. We heard about potential Saudi interest. Um, and I think that there was also links to Juvent Juventus as well. I'm trying to type and talk at the same time is, is definitely a skill. Um, but uh, I think when it comes to Partey, if Arsenal can get a very good fee for him uh, in an upcoming transfer window. Arsenal will be very pleased with that. Yes, he's a very good player, but the availability is just such a huge problem and such an existing issue. And any way in which they can help their financial situations to then be able to move for a replacement of which uh, also in the same article by James Olley on ESPN suggests, of course, that Douglas Louise remains the main midfield target if Partey's Exit allows Arsenal more freedom of movement to put in a significant bid to Aston Villa. That might help them with that deal. I still maintain that it's going to be very, very difficult for Arsenal to get a deal done for Douglas Luiz. Um, I, I think that there is certainly a situation where he could leave, but I think he has to push for that move. Uh, and I think that there is an argument that uh, Douglas Luiz's his intentions aren't necessarily clear right now. He signed that new contract, of course, after Arsenal bid for him in the summer of 2022. Uh, so he's, it seems his intentions were indeed to still stay with Villa, despite the opportunity to leave for free the following summer transfer window. But that didn't happen. So I guess we will have to wait and see what happens there. Right. Let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Now, uh, I'm not going to do what I did last year with the, um, or yeah, this year it was madly. Uh, it will be last year very soon with the live event where I literally plugged it every single show. So don't worry, this isn't going to become a regular thing. It's going to be like a semi regular thing, um, mainly because the sales are going really, really well. Uh, we've only been going for a couple of days, and so many of you have already bought tickets, which is great. And I don't need to push it uh, every single day, which is amazing. It shows you kind of the community that we've got. And uh, I think the improvements in the way in which we've gone about organizing this event as well, um, which means I have to tell you that if you're thinking about waiting until we release details of the lineup, we might already be sold out by that point. I can't guarantee that we will or won't be, uh, but I certainly can't guarantee that there will be tickets by the time that we release details about who is going to be joining me for our second live event as a channel and as a community. So the link for our live show is down in the video description if you'd like to come along on the 22nd of February to the Old Queen's Head yeah, near Angel. Uh, then please make sure that you go and get your tickets ASAP because, as I said at the start of this little section, I have been yeah kind of over the moon about how quickly... Uh, we're already running through our tickets. So thank you to everybody that's continued to support the channel and is going to be coming along. I can't wait to see so many of you. Right, let's jump into the chat, shall we, and tackle some of your questions. Uh, let's go to Marcus. It says, will TGT merch and a certain software product be on sale at the live show? Get your tickets, guys. Last time it was a great show and Bailey was there and Tom showed uh, his footballing talent. I did. I demonstrated Gabriel Martinelli's little back heel in the game against Nottingham Forest, which I still think was certainly very much intentional, even though Bailey disagrees with me. Um, there will be uh, things going on during the event. I'm looking forward to hopefully doing some giveaways so you can win some prizes uh, and you'll be able to get some classic Arsenal stuff as well. Uh, we've got plans. It's going. We're going bigger and better this time than we ever have before, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, the process says, with Vieira seemingly not ready to step up and Smith Rowe with his injury situation and unsecure future, should we consider a creative midfielder next summer? Uh, I think that when it comes to Vieira, it's it's such a difficult situation because there's clearly talent in this player. It's about whether or not it's going to be unlocked to Arsenal. But I have got this and I maintain for now this two-year rule that I have and that you have two years at Arsenal to prove yourself. And if after two years you've not managed to do that, I think that you have to be ruthless. I think Arsenal have to be ruthless and recognise that it's just not been a signing that works out. Not every signing is going to work out. You know, even Manchester City don't always have signings that work out. I mean, just look at Calvin Phillips as an example of spending a lot of money on a player in the modern era. I say modern, just up-to-date era of Man City. It doesn't always work out even when you spend a lot of money on a player. So I think that's probably going to be the same with Vieira. 
Oh, we got the sneezes going this morning. Clearly, it's uh, it's, it's November. I should not have. Oh, here it comes. I should not have any hay fever issues in November. That's ridiculous. But uh, clearly, I do. <laughs> Akmal says, uh, getting our sponsor at this price is like getting rice for a measly 100 million. What a steal. Uh, Amira says, surely, it won't cost you 100 million, by the way. Uh, surely, if a few Premier League managers decide to challenge the PGMOL together, there'll be a higher chance of something actually happening. What are the PGMOL going to do? Fine, everyone probably would, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> I think the whole... They can't sack all of us kind of thing is maybe not the way forwards in solving this. Very rarely do you see these types of things end up in a successful situation. They usually want to throw the book at these types of things so that they can't be an uprising again. Uh, you know, if, if, if they were to band together about this and it changed, it would just encourage them to do that again whenever there was anything else that was something they didn't want. That said, we can't seem to get Premier League clubs agreeing on too many things these days. So... Yeah, I'm not sure that it's the way forwards. Uh, what I would say, and I tweeted this out this morning, um, for those of you that have had the opportunity to, um, for those of you who had the opportunity to read Gary O'Neill's comments after the game, I've seen a lot of people say how, you know, that they look forward to Gary O'Neill being charged considering what Arteta was charged for. I can't say I agree with that. You know, I think that there are, I think Gary O'Neill was a lot more measured in the way in which he approached his post-match uh, interviews and press conferences, Arteta was a lot more emotional. And I certainly think that, I, you know, I agreed with our, what Arteta said. I think it is embarrassing. I think it is a disgrace. I think that he's right to be sick of the way that things are. However, I do think that, um, you know, I do think that Gary O'Neill was a lot more measured and I don't think said anything that would garner, even by the standards of this current governing body, to garner any kind of, charge. I mean, when you consider the fact that Roberto De Zerbi has said what he has said about not liking 80% of referees, I think that when it comes to something like that and not being charged, you can't then start charging uh, Gary O'Neill for what he said. But I think that Arteta's comments are, you know, they're very, very different. Um, and certainly if they were going to be charged for, which I don't think they should have been still, I still, I don't, don't think they garnered that. I think it was a Whilst it may have been a little hyperbole, I still think it was uh, in line with what Arsenal dealt were dealt in terms of a hand. And so I understood there was there should have been more empathy, I think, shown to Arteta's situation. Um, Masibulele says, uh, hey, Tom, what would you prioritise in our midfields? Um, do we directly replace Partey with a DM or rather a more attack-minded left eight with Rice playing DM? I think you, you look for something that can operate in both areas. That's why I like Yusuf Fafana the most. I think that it is without a doubt um, the the best option that can do both of those things. I understand why people like Louise, he's more of an, an eight, and I think Rice would then play at six. But if you're losing Parta, you're losing that ability to play somebody at six if Rice isn't available for whatever reason. Yes, we have Jorginho, you could argue as well. But I think Yusuf Afana would be still, for me, the best option in midfield. Uh, Rob Bob says, do you think it would be a good idea for the PGMOL slash Owen Lovin uh, would be better served by some comparisons? Asking how Havertz has overturned pen compares to two Wolves' second overturned pens and the analysis of that. I think, yeah, if they could come up with examples of where they think they've got something wrong, an example of, you know, where they've got something right, I think that's probably the way forwards. But I don't foresee that doing it. Uh, Monkey Berry says, uh, did they announce Arteta's punishment yet? No, he was given additional time to 
respond to the charge, but there's been no indication of what that charge is yet in terms of the punishment. Uh, I know we know what the charge is, but not in terms of what retrospective action he might take. Uh, Nexus says, if we can't, uh, Louise, who sh- if we can't sign Louise, I think that is, who should we go for that would complement Rice? Uh, again, you know my answer. <laughs> I've already said it in today's show. Hey, he says, Steve Cooper was critical towards Anthony Taylor at the weekend. Shall we watch this space? Potentially. They are protected, the referee. We also saw the first red card given out for, um, you know, a, what they call abusive referees or like, you know, uh, abusive language used towards referees. Um, Dunk from Brighton was given a, a red card and a subsequent two-match ban for that. So we're going to have to wait and see if that becomes a regular fixture in Premier League games or not. Uh, Anne says, uh, would you prefer Partey came back in January and then went off to the AFCON or he didn't play until February? I'd rather he came back um, because we, we know we need him back as soon as possible. If he can be back for the Liverpool game, amazing. There's no guarantee that he will be. Um, but there were certainly suggestions that maybe that's the game that they're targeting, but that might come too soon. I, I hope he's back as soon as possible because that's for the biggest benefit. Yes, he's going to go off to the African Cup of Nations, but you know, I just think that you want him back as soon as as soon as he could. Uh, MM says, what are your thoughts on Jamie Carragher's comments on Sky Sports? I assume that this is in relation to him saying that if Arsenal carry on playing the way that they do, they won't win the league. Now, I don't think it's necessarily too controversial to say if things carry on as they are. I mean, Arsenal's attacking stats aren't the best. They don't rank anywhere near, you know, the top two clubs in the league when it comes to goals or expected goals and you know things like this it's the defensive statistics that have you know that have really shone I don't think it's too um I don't think it's too controversial to say what he said because if what he means is if Arsenal don't improve over the course of this season and don't progress from where we are now as a club then to say that we won't win the league is probably a fair statement now unless that I've unless I've misinterpreted you know Carragher's comments and I haven't taken them in that in that way and that's not what he meant then that's fair enough but I don't think that it was that I don't think it was that controversial to say that if Arsenal are doing what they do now all season they won't win the league because I, I agree I don't think we will win the league if we don't start to improve things in attack we need to maintain our defensive resilience but we also need to progress we need to click we need to find our rhythm and I think that that is is not necessarily too controversial of a thought. Um, Aaron says, I thought Kara's comments lacked complete context for how this season has gone with how we control games and injuries. I mean, shall we have a read of the full... It's probably better if we read them in full. I'm just going off what I saw of a clip uh, on yesterday's Monday Night Football show. Um, so, Jamie Carragher says, Arsenal can't secure um, Premier League title without winning games more convincingly. Uh, let's get the quotes. Uh, We're still only a third of the way through the season, but I think if Arsenal continue how they are, if this is the Arsenal we're going to see this season, I don't think they can win the league. Uh, I think so many games are going to the wire and sometimes that can go against you. You think of Ramsdale's mistakes and the big chance Brentford had in the second half at the weekend. Those games that finish 1-0 can easily go 1-0 the other way. For me, when we're talking about a different Arsenal, we can see it with the stats, but everyone can see with their eyes. It's not the same fluidity, the same pace, energy and creating chances 
um, that you can see. The reason I don't think that they are as fluid is that individually their attacking players have been average this season, whereas they were on absolute fire last season in terms of Martinelli, Saka, Jesus. Erdegaard, for me, last season was up there alongside Kevin De Bruyne, but I know he's had a few injury problems. Again, I don't think it's too controversial. If you take the first quote from that whole piece, he says... I think if Arsenal continue how they are, if this is the Arsenal we're going to see this season, I don't think they can win the league. I don't think that's that controversial of a statement because if Arsenal do carry on as they are, he's probably right. Arsenal probably won't win the league. And so for that reason, I don't think it's wildly controversial. It's worth pointing out the injuries that we've suffered have certainly contributed to the lack of attacking fluidity and the lack of it clicking as we would want it to. But I don't think it's that dramatic. Maybe he is underestimating Arsenal a bit and maybe we're lacking the context of the injuries being applied to his statement. But again, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think of, of all the, you know, pundits really do undersell Arsenal plenty and there is always seemingly something of a campaign against Arsenal sometimes. I don't think this is the best example to use to try and back the idea that there is that everyone is against Arsenal. I hope that that made sense. Uh, Nick says, does the low block we face mean the opponents will naturally have less XG anyway? Do you think that there will be a different approach taken by our opponents as we're still winning the majority of our games? I think that they have tried to. I think that's, and that was also brought up on Monday Night Football last night, is that uh, Freddie Jumberg brought this up as well, that teams are playing differently against Arsenal this season compared to last season. They are playing deeper. They are trying to disrupt and destroy the philosophy that was built up and that succeeded so much during last season. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that there is something to be said about that those stats will be affected by the way in which opponents have treated Arsenal differently this season. It's just Arsenal need to now work out how to evolve. And that's why I said at the beginning of the campaign, when everyone was moaning about why we weren't looking as good and, you know, why Arteta's changed things and why aren't we playing like we played last season, I sat here and said, despite all of the stick that was coming my way, if you stand still and you do the same thing as you did before, the teams that are getting better, the teams that are changing and evolving and treating you differently around you are progressing. And if things, everything around you is going forwards and you're standing still, you're going backwards. That's the way that it goes. And that's why Arteta needed to change things. That's why we need to bring in the players that we brought in. That's why we need to change certain aspects about how we play and what we do. And becoming more resilient defensively was definitely a part of that. And we've done that successfully. And that's why Arsenal currently sit top of the Premier League table. There can't be too much complaint about Arsenal this season. There can be expectation about Arsenal and there can be certainly, I think, scrutiny of, of uh, how quickly it is that we might manage to evolve and improve us in attack. But I do think that we are doing the right things and that Arteta's, you know, his, his experiments that he's, he's used this season that have led to more than just an experiment, but the establishment of certain philosophies and styles have actually seen greater success at Arsenal this season than maybe many were were expecting. Um, Rob says, don't give oxygen to Sky Pundits. They're ignorant, unnuanced and biased uh, and they are a bit of a turnoff. We watch you and other YouTube content because it's more intelligent and biased and uh, biasedly balanced. I don't think that's a word, but just balanced we'll go with. Um, I think that there are some fantastic contributors to you know, outlets like Sky. I don't always agree with a lot of them. And I think that certainly the coverage of some aspects of Arsenal are unfair. But if you take Micah Richards, who is, of course, very well known for being on Sky and for making the comments that he made on Sky regarding Arsenal, I think that stands as a great example of the balance that can exist outside of here and other YouTube channels as well. When Micah Richards turned around and said, when it's Arsenal, everyone seems to want to pile on. 
you know, that was a, a statement that he made on Sky. So I don't think you can generalize an entire platform in the same way because I think you've got to look at individuals like, um, I know TalkSport received a fair amount of scrutiny for their coverage of Arsenal, but Laura Woods did a fantastic job in providing plenty of balance. I think Martin Keown does a great job in trying to defend Arsenal in so many different circumstances as well. Uh, I think there was a discussion around what Martin O'Neill was saying regarding defending Arteta on TalkSport as well. So I know that platforms get generalized quite a lot, but actually when you look at the fine details and you look into some of the individuals that are involved in those platforms, there is maybe more balance than we give them credit for. Ian Wright as well, Jimbo points out on both BBC and, and TNT Sports provides plenty of of Arsenal um, defence to, to criticisms also. But I still think that there is a, a larger level of scrutiny towards Arsenal than perhaps there is other teams. Um, let's scroll up, shall we? And tackle some more questions. Um, Tizer says, Liverpool have had one more goal than us and one more goal against than us. But Danny Murphy and JC rave about Liverpool's attacks as the reason for their title charge. Yeah, and I think that that is a great point and provides context that maybe they should be you know, challenged upon. That's what I want to see more of, is that when Arsenal are being criticised or other clubs are being praised more, I'd just like to see more challenge. I think that's what I want to see. I don't want to see people not scrutinising Arsenal because sometimes it's worthy. But what I want to see is that when Arsenal are scrutinised, that there is, you know, equal scrutiny of the scrutinising, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, I hope it does. Uh, that's what I'd like to see more of. I think that creates greater discussion. I think when you're able to challenge points effectively, it creates a greater back and forth about a topic. And if everyone's kind of just, a, yeah, like, yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. It doesn't, you know, especially when it's not always making valid points, and there is a genuine question. That's why I like doing the show with you guys, because when I make a point and you disagree with it, you know, you can put your thoughts in there. I don't always agree or, you know, accept those points, especially when they're not backed up by evidence, but it creates the discussion. And that's why I always encourage anyone that leaves comments on the videos. If you disagree with something, please do leave your reasons. It's very frustrating, I think, when, and, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of YouTubers um, don't read through their comment sections because they just don't want to see the, the criticism and the hate. And I, to be honest, don't, I, I, I don't blame them for that. I had someone leave a comment uh, that, saw them get blocked because frankly I don't want that type of person in in this community someone saying that just left a comment saying FYI we don't come here for the women's football content and I'm like you can go do one <laughs> it's you know if, if you want to sort your own if you want to watch stuff that's just about the men's team that's fine you know and that's your choice but to take time out of your day to tell me that you don't care about it. That's just sexist. That's, that's just what that is. And so I think that's important. But there was other comments like, I want to see some evidence. Um, so Derek left a comment yesterday. Um, hey, buddy, uh, your stats are a bit of a nonsense. Uh, I think things have changed regarding the players. The situation has changed since Rare came to Arsenal. I think he's made lots of mistakes and his performance has played in so far. And I said, okay, I don't mind if you want to say the stats are a nonsense, but you've got to kind of explain why they're a nonsense. And that's what I want to encourage is people to be more objective and more thought processed when it comes to leaving some criticism, which is fine, you know, but it's about backing that up and having your reasons as to why. Um, so there you go. Uh, old Dave says, I'm all for ruthlessness in the off season, but in the middle of the title run, the ruthlessness and second guessing seems to be extreme to me. In, is that in the sense of like, Ramsdale, I guess. I've talked at length, you know, I think that Arteta could have managed 
it's better. And that also leads to some people saying, well, if you're saying that you think Arteta could have done something differently, you're effectively saying that you think you're better than them. And that's just not true. People shouldn't be discouraged from being critical ever. You should be able to have your criticisms, whether you're a coach or not. There are certainly things, and I think Harry talked about this on his show yesterday, if you haven't watched Harry's show on the Chronicles of Aguna, talking about the Ramsdale situation. There is also something to be said about we don't have all the information. We don't know everything that's going on. And that certainly has to come into our thinking. But I, when it comes to my thoughts on whether or not I think Ramsdale could have played the Champions League games, I don't think I need to have any extra information to have that belief that I think if Ramsdale had played the Champions League games, that would have probably created a far less controversial situation than we currently find ourselves in. So, yeah, I think that's probably fair. But Harry is right to point out that we don't have all the info and, and that is certainly something that we need to take into account when we formulate our opinions on certain things. Um, Fred says, uh, what do you make of ex-Arsenal players scrutinising the club as much as they do like Tony Adams did the other day? It's very odd behaviour and is there something that we don't know about? I don't think it needs to go into conspiracies and things like that. I don't know why Tony Adams said what he said about Unai Emery. Maybe it was a spur-of-the-moment comment based upon you know recency bias of watching Aston Villa do quite well. Arsenal are top of the league right now without Arteta as their coach. They competed for last season's title despite no one expecting them to. And Unai Emery took Arsenal backwards, not forwards. So I, I don't agree with the comments. I don't know why that there are so many players that used to play for Arsenal that scrutinise the club. Maybe it's because they care and they want to see it succeed um you know Tony Allen's won plenty of titles and so he's going to try and find the reasons as to why they didn't do that and maybe he thinks that it's the coach I don't know but uh yeah it is it is what it is um so yeah uh, anyway um Maho uh Mahomes says uh hit those likes gunners there's less than 200 and that's a disgrace as Arteta would say, it's embarrassing. Uh, so make sure if you haven't already clicked the like button, you please do that. It would be very much appreciated. We've been doing still really well after our challenge was successful over the international break and supporting the channel. So if you haven't dropped a like on the video, please, please, please make sure that you do. Uh, Russ says, do you think if Emery had more time, he would have had a six, more of a successful time? He may have been more successful, but I think that the change that Arsenal made got them in a, in a uh, trajectory towards success far faster than had we have given Emery more time. I think there was a greater risk, Russ, of it going further into kind of the, the wrong direction. We were 11th uh, when Arteta eventually took over. That's how far we had fallen. So I think if we'd have given him more time, it was more likely that it would have gone in a negative direction than a positive one because the, the, the dressing room was completely fractured and Arteta had to change and recover that situation. So, yeah. Very, very much so. I don't buy into the whole uh, Emery wasn't given a fair shot. I think he was and he failed. Uh, but that's probably where we will uh, end today's show. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It is very much appreciated, uh, as you all are. Uh, do, of course, if you want to join us for our live event, you can do. Tickets are down in the description for our second edition of TGT Live uh, on the 22nd of February in London. Uh, join me and a cast of fantastic guests. So a fantastic chat a good chin wag and uh, a few drinks as well, of course, on the day as well. Plus some giveaways, some raffles and uh, the ability to get some fantastic Arsenal stuff too. Uh, thank you as always for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.